This is the Metal Set. Hi, this is Dawn, an ultra cyclist and sports PR specialist. And I'm Afshan, an endurance athlete and journalist. And we're on a quest to bring you stories of tenacity, courage, and metal. From athletes in the Middle East and beyond. Hi, Dawn here. As you may know, I recently took part in the race around Rwanda, a 1,000-kilometer self-supported cycling race that took place in early February. It was my fourth ultra-cycling race in total, and my first since 2019. Spoiler alert, it was also my second scratch. That's a did-not-finish for the uninitiated. I did make it, however, 712 kilometers along the route, and I'm detailing my experience in an upcoming episode. But before that, I had the chance to speak to many of the women I raced with and alongside to get their thoughts on the race to share with you today. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Ultra cyclists as a community are some of the most impressive, brave, friendly, and kind people I have ever had the privilege to meet. One of the joys of this sport is absolutely the people you meet along the way and the stories you share. Sometimes fun and funny, sometimes heartbreaking, always interesting. I loved putting this episode together to hear everyone's stories. The thoughts and perspectives of nine women who took on the race around Rwanda this year. I decided to divide this episode into two parts, so please think of it as a double dose of adventure. This is part one featuring five amazing women, Mona Stockheel, Juliette Elliott, Juliana Veterano, Alina Killian, and Kaz Buckland. Episode two is live now, so please do check that out. For some added context while listening, the race around Rwanda is a relatively new ultra race on the global calendar. As I mentioned before, it is 1,000 kilometers with approximately 17,000 meters of climbing. It's also 30% gravel and, of course, all self-supported. While billed as 30% gravel, my rough on-the-road calculations had it closer to 40%. And gravel, well, if by saying gravel you mean technical single-track mountain bike trails and swampy marshland, then yes, the race was 40% gravel. I actually don't recall much of the tarmac, but I'll get into that in my own race report. As you'll hear in this episode, Rwanda is stunningly beautiful. Dare I say, a little magic. It's safe, and the people are very, very friendly. But behind the beauty are some extremely unpredictable weather patterns, along with some other unique aspects of this particular race. Add in various run-of-the-mill challenges of an ultra-cycling event, and altogether, this was a very, very tough race. I've put a few questions to the women you're about to hear. What was their why or reason for doing the race? What was the highlight of the race for them, and what the low light was? I've asked them to give any advice they would give to other women thinking of signing up, and also for any additional thoughts that they've had. Before we start, I want to dedicate these two episodes to all the women of race around Rwanda, and really all women who have had the courage to take on any big challenges, whether it be a first community run or an ultra cycling race, and everything in between. This episode and the following part two is for you. Enjoy! Our first race around Rwanda athlete is Mona Stockhill of Switzerland, who undertook the race as a pair with her partner, Dan. I met Mona and Dan prior to the race as we were staying in the same hotel. My first impressions were that they were relaxed, very friendly, and very experienced and capable. And I was not wrong. After the women's winner, Violet, Mona was the second woman to actually cross the finish line, and the first, along with Dan, in the pairs category. 
As you'll hear from Mona, what could have been a low light was actually a highlight, and her experience was not without its challenges. Hello. So, yeah, I'm Mona Stockecke. I'm a German born but live in Switzerland, and I did it as a pair. So, one race around Wanda. And uh, why did I do the race? Actually, it's a little bit longer time ago, after the Hope 1000. I am with my partner decided to look for a new adventure and actually the date in February fitted really well. And also going to the tropics, no time change and it looked like a good adventure. And after it was cancelled last year, we postponed it to this year. Yeah, so actually I spent two winters looking forward to the race to the runner. And the second time it happened. So that was why I did it. My highlight of the race was actually, I think, the beauty of the volcanoes and going down to Lake Kivu. And then being around Lake Kivu and some gravel sections in the sunset there. That was day two for us. And I was touched by the nature, the people and everything. It was the environment which made my highlight of the race and the downhill section to Lake Kivu on perfect tarmac road, just going 45, 50 over yeah, a long while. That was absolutely a great feeling, of course. Yeah, and interesting, there was also another highlight. I would call it highlight. Um, one night it started to rain and we went on the gravel sections. And I actually could hardly see because my glasses were full of fog. And the mud became really muddy uh, or slippery. And I didn't feel well on a bike anymore. I went really slow. And then step by step, I could increase the pace again. I felt a bit more confident on the lake. And finally, we just pushed it through and through the entire night to the next checkpoint. And that was deeply satisfying because it was kind of real adventure and there was also a big highlight. So one during the day and one during the night, I would say, the low light of the race. Yeah, I think that was day three. There were several occasions which went out really well. I started actually well and in my mind that uh, I had the illusion or maybe we could push through the finish. I didn't say it out loudly, it was just in my mind, I did feel good. And it was a really, really nice, more single trail-like as gravel section through some jungle. And there were people hunting pigs and putting them on the bike, on the back of the bike. That was horrible because they were screaming as well. But whatsoever, it was okay. And then we started with a descent after the single trail on a gravel road which could have been really fast, but it was kind of that my arms started to to hurt really painfully and it didn't stop and it was going on and going on and I wanted to be faster, but I, on the other hand, my, my arms hurt it so much that I had to stop, swallow down some surfacing tears almost, breathe deeply, take three minute rest and go for it again. Yeah, that was kind of one, one uh, downside or digging deep a little bit. 
And then when we hit the tarmac on the same day, day, I was first relieved, but then the heat was creeping in. And usually I'm not so heat sensitive, but my body was ready for a break on that day. And my mood was going down our what My partner did not really understand what was happening with me and why I was slowing down. And uh, yeah, we had to stop discuss matching goals and expectations which were like really far away from each other at that moment and I was confident that we going to finish it the race really fast and he was on the other side irritated by seeing me in a weak state it was a tough moment because I was weak I was kind of breaking apart but on the other side I know that I can do it and he was more like, oh, oh, wow, I don't know if we can even finish it if you are like this. <laughs> so in this moment, I knew what I had to do and I drank a Coke. I focused on myself, controlling my thoughts, enjoying the riding, riding at maximum, just try to, to focus on enjoy what I'm doing in the moment and forget the pain. And I I did recover, actually, and over yeah one hour I still was down, but then it was going better and better again, and self-belief made it happen. I, I really had just to, to trust. I knew that I could do it, so, and we came over it, it was all fine, and there was, yeah, a low light, because, yeah, not easy, so... In terms of advice for other women considering signing up to the race around Rwanda, I think you should know that there are always people, always, everywhere. So while you sometimes wish for a quiet moment, it's good to know that there are always people. At night, of course, less, but yeah, during the day, there are many people, so... And generally, I want to say that I have really a massive respect for all ladies starting solo. And I only can share my experience that, yeah, always believe in yourself and listen to your gut feeling. Look that you have a good time. Race hard, but look that you are having a good time. I think, finally, I would like to add... Or highlight really the extraordinary effort of the organizers. It was pure passion combined with humility. Incredible, really. They thought in so many details. I would never have believed like in a bikepacking race will be will it be prepared for us and so on. So the setting is really, really good even to make the first steps in bikepacking races. Yeah, so absolutely overwhelming by the organization and I'm deeply thankful for the experience I could take home and to them for their effort. Up next is Juliet Elliott of the UK, who, if you're a fan of gravel cycling, you may already follow on YouTube or Instagram as she inspires many around the world. I met Juliet at my hotel before the race. She is as friendly and funny in real life as her YouTube channel suggests. Juliet teamed up with my good friend Juliana to do the race as a pair in what was Juliet's first ultracycling race. 
I saw both Juliet and Juliana many times throughout the race, particularly the last couple of days, always sharing a laugh, smile, and swapping stories along the way. Juliet actually did a series of YouTube videos on the race, which I absolutely loved. I'll link to those in the show notes so you too can relive the adventure through Juliet and Juliana's eyes. So over the last, like, two or three years, I've been getting more and more interested in doing an ultra. And eventually I entered across Andes that I was meant to do in November. But then I got COVID, so I couldn't fly out to that. And whilst I was lying in my sick bed, gutted, I scouted around for the next ultra that I could enter, basically. And that was race around Rwanda. I was already aware of the race. I'd considered entering it before. But um, when I knew I wasn't going to go to Chile... I thought, just enter that, book the flights and go. The best thing about the race for me was just getting to see such an incredibly beautiful country. I mean, wow. I just had no idea what to expect from Rwanda, really. I mean, the country's been in the news quite a bit in the UK recently. Um, So I think people have a preconceived idea about what it'll be like and yeah, I'm not saying I went there with that, but certainly it exceeded all my expectations. The highlight with these things is, aside from the scenery, it's meeting all the other people and sharing those experiences together. So uh, that was, yeah, that was fantastic. The low light of the race. <laughs> well, I suppose being hit by a motorbike was pretty crap. I was so angry because... I just thought it was going to be a race ender and we were in the middle of nowhere. I mean, we weren't even on a gravel road. We were on single track. And I think when we hit the gravel road after getting out of that area, it was still about 40k along a gravel road. So I'm just so happy that in the end I was able to repair my tyre and carry on rolling because I do not know how I would have got out of there otherwise. I mean... No cell phone service, there wasn't an SOS button on the tracker. We were just out there really on our own, fending for ourselves. So if something really bad had happened on that particular section of the route, I think it would have been quite problematic. Overall, I had a positive experience racing around Rwanda, so I would encourage other women to sign up. I would. Um, I guess you have to consider carefully whether you want to go it alone and if you're going to do that, where will you be at certain points of the route? I felt more comfortable doing it as a pair. Um, But, you know, other women will have different experiences. Plenty of other racers did it solo and they enjoyed that. You're going to be alone in the dark wherever you do an ultra. It's part of it. So I would say go into it with an open mind um, but fully prepared for experiencing that kind of thing as you go along um but overall yeah i mean i thought rwanda was great i'd say i'd say go next we have my good friend brazilian american juliana vetrano who like me is based in the uae and is one of the very few people i would ride my bike with also in our dubai contingent was juliana's husband miguel who ultimately finished the race eighth As I mentioned before, I saw Juliana and Juliet quite a bit, particularly over the last few days of the race, which made the experience all the better for me. Like so many of us, Juliana found Rwanda totally captivating and a wonderful place to ride your bike. If you followed the race, and as you'll hear, Juliana does raise some really valuable questions for race organizers about improvements in the organization in relation to fairness, communications and safety, 
and also visibility of women on the race, all points that I think need to be discussed and addressed on this race and others as well. Along with being great gravel cyclists, Juliana and Juliet made a fantastic pair. And as I mentioned, Juliet's videos on YouTube are totally worth checking out to get a fun, funny, real, and women's point of view on the race around Rwanda. So check those out in the show notes. Why did I do this race? Um, location, Africa, exotic country, beautiful country, new country for me, never been. I think that's the beauty of cycling. Also, because it's such a small country, it's super attractive to go around it, you know, and see most of it. On your bike, highlights. I love the gravel. I had so much fun. The descents were so cool. Uh, love that I partnered with Juliet. Was a happily surprised that we got along so well, personally, and also our rhythm, pace. We were so in sync until my injury. <laughs> Also, all the familiar faces, uh, you, Eddie, my husband being on the course, even though I never saw him because he finished way before us. But yeah, those are the highlights, I guess. Friendships, other cyclists, cyclists, the female riders, really, really cool course. I think the low light for me was the organization, unfortunately. I felt that they were just there for registration and once we took off, never heard of them, never seen them. There was really no one dot watching uh, for safety or for cheaters. I don't care if you are front, mid or back. Rules are rules. Everybody should follow the rules. And I saw people not following the rules. My husband saw people not following the rules. The general classification finalist is ridiculous you know there are so many penalties i've never seen a race like that this should have not happened so definitely that was a very low light and psychologically and emotionally towards the end i was upset and really trying not to let that bother me because i was having a lot of fun on the course i was having a lot of fun with my friends seeing my friends passing me and me passing them and being with my you know race partner juliet so yeah, I think at the few points I was concerned for safety. Um, the course was a surprise for everyone. I had a lot of fun. I enjoyed I liked the technical bits, but I know a lot of people would have had signed up if they had known. So I think that w it was just not cool. And once feedback was given, the organization was very nonchalant about it, didn't care. So, you know, there was the element of being left out there and then and not even caring for your opinion and your feedback. I think a lot of organizations that have raced before, they want to hear feedback. They want to be better. They want people to come back. So yeah, that was not cool. I also want to add that there was no coverage of women whatsoever. I had to write the organization on end of day two saying you should cover some more women. And they said, oh, we only covered in top 10. And I told them you should maybe cover the top five women and even top pairs. I mean, there are different categories on the race, not just men or not just the top 10. We are all checking social media when we can, and it would be great for women to see other women being highlighted, where they are on the course, how are they doing for the pairs. I was in a pair category, didn't see anybody. Even my husband that finished on eighth, he was only featured when he actually got to sixth position. So I just thought that was not cool. And it's not sportsmanship. You know, I know it's different than biking men, and we shouldn't be comparing, but bike men, you have to see pictures of everyone. 
especially the ones on the back, you know, the cool people with a fixed bike or with a folding bike. It's just a different spirit. And I didn't feel that on this disorganization at all. The advice I would give women and men or anyone wanting to do this race is don't. Go to Rwanda. It's an amazing country. It's a beautiful country. It's an inviting country. The routes are out there on my Strava or on Ride With GPS. And uh, go there, have a wonderful time, but don't join this race uh, because there are going to be cheaters. The organizers don't care. At least that's the vibe I had. And I know talking to others, they also had that vibe. Though I speak for only myself here, I just think you can go there and have an amazing experience and not have to go through an organization that won't care for your safety or, or the, uh, following the rules of the race. This episode is supported by Deep Dive Dubai. We know that our listeners love awesome adventures. And take it from us, it doesn't get more awe-inspiring than the world's deepest pool. Measuring a record-breaking 60 meters, Deep Dive Dubai gives both scuba and freedivers the ability to discover an underwater world complete with the latest in dive technology and an abandoned sunken city. For those new to diving, like me, it's the ideal place to get started. And for those experienced to expert divers out there, it's the perfect place to hone your skills with exceptional facilities, expert staff, and state-of-the-art technology. Since it opened in 2021, it has mesmerized visitors and continues to deliver extraordinary experiences seven days a week. For more information and to book your experience, visit deepdivedubai.com. Elena Killian from Poland placed third in the women's category. No stranger to big, self-supported ultracycling races, Alina has finished the Transcontinental twice and is also a Transparenese finisher. She's also a specialized women's ambassador. As you'll hear, her inspiration for entering Race Around Rwanda stems back to the work of famed Polish journalist Ryszard Kapuszkinski, and her highlights include Rwanda's stunning nature. As someone who relishes alone time myself, I very much related to her challenges on this particular race. The race around Rwanda has been a, a dream of mine for three years. Uh, after reading Kapuszczynski uh, reports, I knew that I would one day set foot in Africa. Really, I just knew. And I believe that dreams are meant to be fulfilled. So last October, I finally decided to stop putting it off. I just asked myself, how long can this wait? So I clicked the buy option on the website of the race. And three months later, I was on the African continent, finally able to realize my dream. The highlight of the race, every single sunrise and sunset in Rwanda. And first touch of this red African soil, first monkeys in the rainforest. These are things that I will never forget for the rest of my life, really never. <laughs> and I think in this race, I also loved every single moment when I reached the paved road. Every single one. I'm rather an introverted person. So for me, people, the loud children screaming behind me, it was horrible. In Rwanda, people are practically everywhere, and it's really hard to describe. A white person, there's uh, something like village attraction, 
I have tattoos, so everyone wanted to touch them. When you're tired, all of this can be just overwhelming and frustrating. I didn't feel safe because of it sometimes. It was really, really hard for me. This was also my first all-road race in my life. I have absolutely no experience in riding gravel bikes. So technically, it was a nightmare for me. <clears throat> I spent a lot of time pushing my bike there. <laughs> my advice can be one. If you're sitting there right now wondering whether to go to this race or no, just stop. I would like to tell you, do it. It will be the best and the worst thing at the same time you will ever do in your life. Believe me. <laughs> but every minute will stay in your head forever. So you should do it. And if you need any help with preparations, have any questions, I am really happy to help. Just write to me and stay in touch. Last, but certainly not least in this part one is Caroline Buckland, or Kaz, as she's known. Like a few other ladies I met on the race, Kaz hails from the UK. I met her before the race. I believe it was at the race briefing where she told me that this was her first ultra cycling race. Once the race was underway, it was pretty clear that Kaz was a serious contender until a mechanical ultimately forced her to retire from the race. It was not for a lack of trying, however, as she spent quite a bit of time back and forth on the road to Kigali to find a solution. Ultimately, it was something that could not be fixed, but as you can hear in her voice notes, which, by the way, she recorded from the back of a taxi in Italy, she had not one but two highlights and perhaps gained a new hobby along the way. So my reason why, I actually signed up on a bit of a whim. I hadn't considered doing an ultra race anytime soon. It was the first time I, I was doing that. I'd done bikepacking before, but that was it. I'd never done it in a race format. And I also, I'm generally a road cyclist. So I'd done very little gravel riding. Uh, it came up when I was searching for events in 2023. I realized I was free. It was only, if it was early December, so it was only two months beforehand and I was currently going through some knee pains and getting a steroid ejection. So I think I needed something to, to boost my spirits a bit. Uh, cycling had been my sanction during a knee injury as well. And I always felt like I could, I could still cycle. So uh, yeah, and then I saw it and thought, why not? And signed up. So that was it really. It was quite spontaneous. Uh, but I've always wanted to do one. It felt like the, the right next step after uh, dabbling in bikepacking. And I was doing a, a gravel race or gra gravel bikepacking kind of solo trip in Jordan at the end of December. So I thought, well, I've done a little bit of gravel now. I'll probably, um, I, can, I can probably give it a go. So that's the reason why. My highlight was, it's between two, but I think I was thinking about mentioning a specific part of the route, which was one of the gravel climbs, which I surprisingly really loved after... It took me a while to get into it um, on day two. I was really struggling with finding my legs on day two and I found some of the gravel climbing really challenging. And suddenly I woke up on day three and I clearly slept better. I was feeling in a good mood and there was a long gravel climb 
pretty much about five minutes into the into my day and and I loved it I felt like I could just swim my legs and just keep going I was also uh riding I, I met with two guys within about 10 minutes of the day and it felt really nice being able to cycle with other people we kind of got our momentum and then the beautiful views came up after the sunrise so that definitely was a highlight and um, I'm gonna put another one in because I'm I'm greedy so it, the main highlight for me was just um understanding of being able to inter being introduced to uh, ultra racing really i didn't really get what the community feel would be around it and with bikepacking i always i found it quite lonely i haven't been able to find people who will come with me and when when i've gone into my first ultra race even though i was a solo racer there were so many people around me and uh, you would see the same sort of people every day which was really lovely you'd pass each other have a little chit chat sometimes you'd ride together You'd see each other at checkpoints. You saw the organizers at stages. There was a WhatsApp group going on. So you never really felt like you were on your own. You always felt like you were part of a race. And it just had a really nice atmosphere to it. And it just had, I had so much more motivation to get up and go than if I was just bikepacking solo. And so it's, it's something that has started off a whole new hobby for me. So I'm planning to do a lot more. And that's definitely off the experience I've had at Race Around Rwanda. My low light without question, I had, after my highlight of this beautiful gravel climb, it was then quickly followed by a very long low light, which was, uh, so it started that I was at the, the top of the gravel climb and I started to uh, mess around a little bit with time. I was stopping, starting more, I was faffing. And I realised I was going to be descending in the dark because I'd taken too long. So I started descending in the dark, which is is not great anyway it was a pretty technical section and then fortunately i bumped into another couple uh which was great so we were all doing the descent together we got caught in a rainstorm and we had to get shelter in a derelict building and we weren't really near any town so i had to uh, we would stop to the derelict building for about half an hour and decided to actually get inside so we opened up this shutter door clambered inside as much as we could and we were just sleeping on the floor with I could see there were kind of strips of wood so I would lay that out to make a bit of a bed and you could see all these spiders crawling underneath as I was putting my bag down for a pillow so it was a bit uh but at that point I really didn't care I was just really sleepy didn't sleep and then got up about 2am just thinking there's no point staying here might as well move on the rain had stopped by this point and I got up and went to my bike and I'd had a, a mechanical, my um, free hub had just stopped working completely. There was no power going through the pedals. It was just completely gone. And so the only cycling I could do was downhill. So I had to then push my bike out of the rest of the, uh, rest of the forest, got to roads, had to walk along the roads. And fortunately there were some downhills to get me to a nearby town. I then had to get a, local bus and I had to persuade them to let me on with my bike everybody had to get off to get my bike on and I just I hadn't slept I could tell that I smell I just I didn't look I just I just looked like a mess and then I thought I was going to be out of the race as well which was devastating because I, you know it'd been going really well for me so far and I was really getting sort of roll of things and I then had to get a, three local buses 
back to the 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 capital Kigali to get the mechanical sorted at this stage on bus two I think I had a bit of a sob in the bus although no one seems to blink an eyelid at me um I started looking at booking.com for hotels or swimming pools presuming that I was I was going to be out of the race and then I got back about eight hours um, later after starting my trip to the capsule, managed to get fixed, had a quick shower, some food, and then I was back out um, trying to get to the spot that I'd finished. So that was 17 hours later. So yeah, so that was a bit of an ordeal. So that was probably my low light. My advice for any women who are thinking about doing race around Rwanda, I think the main issue I think is normally uh, finding somewhere to go to the toilet. That's definitely one of them. I'd say I'm a bit of a camel, so I don't pee that much. I should definitely pee more. It means I probably don't drink enough water. Um, but if I wasn't, I'd have really struggled finding a spot because it's, there are just so many people around, which is one of the best things about Rwanda. But you could really struggle to find a private spot. And the second one is I would definitely, if I was doing it again, I would have taken a second pair of shorts. Again, it just would have felt more, I think it's about hygiene for women. I was doing it with one pair because I was trying to do it as fast as I could and trying to do it in four days. Um, ended up taking longer because I had a mechanical that took an entire day. But even without, it would have just been so nice to switch into a pair of, of clean and new shorts. You get saddle sores as well. It's, I think everybody did, so there's no way of getting around it. And so that had been my, my second tip. But I have to say, I felt really safe off the back of going somewhere else where I really didn't feel safe as a woman. I really felt like Rwanda was a safe place to cycle and I was cycling in the middle of the night on my own and felt pretty comfortable. Um, so that was a that, that was brilliant. That, I, that was something I was really concerned about going into it was how would I feel cycling in the dark on my own? And that wasn't an issue. Thanks for listening to part one of this special episode. And please do check out part two live now for the rest of the ladies I spoke to. Don't forget, you can find all IG handles and additional links within the show notes. Thanks again for listening. And please don't forget to share, like, and subscribe. Tell all your friends. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, we ask that you please share it with family, teammates, friends, and even frenemies, or share via social media. Please also leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Five stars only. And visit us on themetalset.com for more stories and resources. Thanks again for listening. Your support means the world to us. This is The Metal Set.